Welcome everyone to episode number 36 of Genre Catch-Up, an in-depth and very serious exploration into the world of new genre film, hosted by two movie experts. I'm your host, Adam Cervantes-Wagner, and allow me to introduce my Sparks brother, Trevor <laughs> Dillon. Very good. Very good. They, they could not help themselves, huh? <laughs> Yeah, they couldn't be in the movie more. Yeah, and that's 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 where we'll stop the Annette spoilers, people. If you're here, to talk, if you're here to listen to Annette, we'll stop the spoilers. We'll sound the alarm later when we get into actual spoilers. But uh, Adam, uh, how'd you sleep last night after uh, watching Annette with me? I could not sleep at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, your mind was just racing. Yeah, there was a lot to think about there, but holy cow. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, listeners, this is the second week in a row of genre catch-up because we went from M. Night to now we're talking The Green Knight. <laughs> Yay. There it is. The one thing that I wrote down. Um, um, we have yeah. to. We have to, though. You know, like, an Old comes out. We wanted to do the Shyamalanathon this week. We're going to push the Shyamalanathon to a further date because that's going to be evergreen. I'm always going to be interested in it. I know you're always going to be, you're not watching those Shyamalan movies between now and then. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would really like to, but yeah, I think I, I'm down to save it for sure. I think I'm excited to get into Shyamalan, like I said in the previous podcast, but we've got pressing matters to attend to here, Trevor. Yeah, we can't just not talk about the Green Knight. And look, I didn't know we were going to talk about the Green Knight until I saw the Green Knight. And then I didn't know we needed to talk about Annette until I saw Annette. And I thought, these two movies, uh, I have, you know, as usual, half-assed thoughts on both of them. But boy, do I have thoughts <laughs> running through my head on these movies. Yeah, and it's very serendipitous because we, we didn't plan it. We just happened to watch Green Knight early this week. Yes, and we watched that separately. Uh, right. And then we watched uh, Annette last night together. Uh, do you think that we, you know, everyone knows listening to this show, we are the Palm Dorks, or as you like to call us, the Palma Dorks, and um, we're obsessed with Cannes Film Festival. This was the opening night movie at Cannes this year, best director, Leo Cracks, but I think that we were amongst some of the first people in the world to watch Annette, right? Because only people at Cannes have seen it, you know, technically. And then we watched it a night early before it comes out uh, as of this recording today. And then we're dropping – this is our very first podcast we're ever dropping one day late because we just simply have to talk about it. Right. Uh, I, I would at least uh, concede to in the United States. I know that in France it came out the same day <laughs> okay, when it premiered okay. at Cannes. Well, you, you know, we talked about the uh, – the uh, ethnocentrism of American <laughs> filmgoers. So when I say the world, I clearly mean America. Right. Um, but Plus, no one in France watches movies. Yeah, I mean, no, they don't. They don't like movies. Or as Inglorious Bastards uh, says, outwardly, Tarantino just has a character say, well, "This is France. We respect our directors here." <laughs> uh, anyway, that, that, I'm sure that got a big clap when he debuted that at Cannes. I'm sure he wasn't right. thinking about that while writing the script. <laughs> Um, you know, speaking of Tarantino, I can. Um, I I am one of the few who's managed to see the whole bloody affair cut of both Kill Bills with French subtitles. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, they don't run that. They really treat that as a little gem over the New Beverly. Um, it's just impossible right. to get tickets. I I would really like to see it, but um, do you prefer that cut of the film? Um, I, it's not really that much different, but but it was cool <laughs> to see for sure. And afterwards, Tarantino. It was on Christmas Day. Yeah. And Tarantino handed out um, like special, uh, what Samurai do you call swords. it? 
No, beanies, like winter beanies. <laughs> oh, with, yeah, it yeah. said a Merry Tarantino Christmas. Oh, very cool. That's, yeah. That actually is kind of cool that he did that. Um, yeah, very sweet. But uh, you mean he did it, right? Not like an employee at the New Beverly did it? No, it was uh, employees. Oh. <laughs> what it you was mean? free. They were free. You made it sound like Tarantino was at the, the exit door handing out beanies. No, he was busy, uh, I guess at the time, trying to woo his future wife. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, can't, can't blame him. Uh, so we're not talking about Tarantino today. Uh, we are talking about, by the way, cool brag, being able to see the bloody affair and just derailing this whole thing. But Thank we you. need, you, we need you to led me into it. We need to get into these two movies. We really do. We because yes. we just had an episode last week where I claimed that I was cooling big time on A twenty four. Like A twenty four for me was cooling off. So let's get into this first movie, which is an A twenty four movie. Um, just so the people at home know, we're going to talk about the Green Knight and we're going to talk about Annette uh, as lightly as we can. No no spoilers. No real spoilers. Basically, how do I say it? Like, if you've seen the trailer, maybe, like, that's, like, what we're basing what your knowledge of these movies on. And then Adam will sound the alarm, and then we'll just talk full spoilers on both The Green Knight and Annette. Right. But before we get into that, actually, I want to discuss two trailers, Trevor, if we can. Okay. Great. Um, <laughs> this show so... is truly just about us wanting to do stuff and you delaying it. <laughs> um, so first, let's talk about the other A24 trailer that we briefly touched on last episode. Um, yes. Lamb. I yep. finally saw the trailer to this, and I gotta say, even though it is in the wheelhouse of A24, I'm actually pretty excited for this movie. It looks cool. I don't know. How do you feel about it? So this is the second trailer for this film. We got a trailer for Lamb going into Cannes. Uh, A24 okay. had already picked it up. Uh, as as y'all know, we reported on the Palm New York's episode that this was the 90th best-reviewed movie at Cannes this year, um, <laughs> and we can talk and talk about how fickle the uh, the critics are at can given that the the best reviewed movie at can this year was a net overall so um the first trailer was it tried to make it look extremely dour extremely like a24 horror like weird quote unquote fucked up horror then this second trailer comes out and i'm like digging it definitely for the first half more than the first trailer mm-hmm. and then the second half drops with the beach boys god only knows song and we mm-hmm. it, it just goes it just goes fully to like I I truly cannot wait to see this movie. Um, yeah. It's it excites me that the critics couldn't make heads or tails of it at Cannes. It makes me think like oh is it it could genuinely be very weird. I, I really want that. Yeah, which is I think even the trailer reveal um, is very weird because you don't know what's going on until you kind of see right. spoilers for the trailer, um, uh, like a human body on a or with a lamb's head, which is yes. sweet. So I'm into it. I am very excited. You know, it, it is still very much A24, and I mm-hmm. do kind of hope they can distance themselves a little bit, but I'll see it. I don't care. Awesome. What's your other trailer? My other trailer is for Flag Day. Did you get to see this? <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to say it was for Flag Day. <laughs> Here's the weird thing. Here's the weird thing about you and I. We don't, we, we don't live in the same area, but you work in an area where my buddy Ian lives. So mm-hmm. every once in a while, I'll go see a movie at the same movie theater that you see movies at. Uh, like just kind of serendipitously, so we probably saw the Green Knight in the exact same auditorium with the exact same trailers. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was it in the very back? It was. It was in the very okay. back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I got this trailer, and uh, it looks pretty good, Adam. I, I, like, I'm like, I'm not. I'm Sean Penn. I always forget he's a very good actor. Well, look, I have no comments on how I feel about the movie, but. I want to bring up the fact that it did say uh, official selection for the Cannes Film Festival, and we were in a theater 
yeah. um, in your Belinda. Well, so, what, is, what does that mean? <laughs> I feel like uh, uh, it's important that we had that play before a movie in your Belinda because I think there's very much the question of like, would people actually care about a Palm or a, a Cannes Film Festival selection? Oh, I, I like, get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it seems like they, at least Sean Penn thinks they would. I mean, so that you know, that's that's an American film made by Sean Penn that just so happened to play Cannes. And then uh, I got a trailer at that same theater for a movie called Blue Bayou, which is also an American film that played Cannes. Um, but I don't think, like, that theater is playing trailers for, like, Titan or even, like, Annette or something, like, actually right. international in, in many ways. And I, I don't think that those types of movies are going to play the – I don't know. They probably will play the Regals. It, it's We're in a really weird time right now. Look at us getting on a tangent again, but – we're in a really weird time right now for quote-unquote indie distribution where it's like Annette comes out and no, not a single theater in Orange County is playing it other than ours. And, wow, geez. And, and that's that's great for us and all that, but it's because no one wants to play an Amazon movie because it, it, this movie will be streaming on Amazon Prime in two weeks. Mm, okay. And the theaters, A, don't want to play ball with Amazon. And then B, they don't they don't wanna they don't believe people will come see it on the big screen when it's like it's a net it's the newly us cracks movie so like I get why that like AMC in Orange here in Orange County isn't playing a net because I don't think the people who go to AMC Orange would come see it on the big screen but the Frida Cinema the only art house in the county that is the place that it should be playing and that's where people will come see it so and they are going to we're we're gonna have a packed two weeks run of that movie so yeah um yeah. we're just in a weird spot right now i mean you're right but i'm not surprised a sean penn movie had the can logo before it and played in you know your belinda orange county yeah well th- that also being said uh, i don't know how how it was for you but i was the only person in the theater yes i was one of and i went with my buddy ian it was, it was his second time seeing the green knight and then um yeah, there was like maybe two or three other people in the theater. And we saw it at like 7.30 p.m. Right. Oh, I did see it at 10.30, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a tough that's a tough ask. <laughs> um, all right, but let's get into it. Let's talk about The Green Knight first. Great. Um, I'll lead us off. So this is obviously, like we have mentioned a million times, an A24 movie. Uh, this is... Uh, David Lowry is kind of becoming... He's not like an A24 poster boy yet, but... He uh he obviously made a ghost story for them for very very cheap generally I think it was like a million dollar budget or even slightly below that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of a ghost story, Adam? Never saw it. Okay, so you have no <laughs> you have no basis for uh th- you know this type of David Lowry movie like basically him working with a lot of the same crew key crew I would say. Um, have you yeah. seen Pete's Dragon? I have not. Okay, Pete's Dragon is a like a sixty-five million dollar Disney movie that David Lowry made. Um, have you seen Ain't Them Body Saints? Nope. Okay, that's uh, the one, one of the <laughs> either David Lowry's first or very early movies that he um, uh, Bradford Young shot that one um, and has you know Casey Affleck, Rooney Mara, who obviously are in um, a ghost story as well. So, have you seen The Old nope. Man with the Gun? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so you have not seen a David Lowry movie outside of The Green Knight. Uh, are those the only ones? I feel like I have. I mean, those are those are the major those are the major ones. Those are his first five. People kind of ignore the old man with the gun, 
We like to talk about ghost directors on the show. I have a theory that I don't know if anyone else shares. I believe Robert Redford directed that film. I don't believe that David Lowry directed that film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really have any of the hallmarks other than like a Casey Affleck in a supporting role. It doesn't have any of the hallmarks really of a David Lowry movie. Not that he has an extremely distinct style, which we'll talk about soon, but um, he's like little... 40 or 41 and he's made these five, four very, very good movies and then The Old Man and the Gun. Um, so he's, he's really, uh, becoming a major, major American director. So that's why we need to be talking about the green Knight. What were you going to say? Yeah. Wait, isn't a T O M A G considered pretty good? T O M A G. Yeah. What is that? The old man and the gun. Oh, um, (laughs) Jesus Christ. That's how we refer to it around here. Right. A movie you have not seen. Uh, (laughs) so I, I, how do I say? It? No, I, I don't think so. I think I think it got like middling reviews. It's a very flat movie. Redford's good in it. It's supposed to be Redford's last hurrah as an actor. But that's what I'm saying is Anthem Body Saints, Pete's Dragon. He even brought some personality to Pete's Dragon. That's a fantastic movie in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthem Body Saints is literally friend of the show, Justin Moore's. I think it's like his favorite movie. Like that's literally his favorite oh. movie ever made. Yeah. Wow. Um, we all love a ghost story. Um that's so, the thing. So yeah. that's what what the reason that I didn't see that movie, and I guess maybe pop on the Lowry train, is just because I remember a Ghost movie coming out kind of close to the Me Too movement, and then um, Casey Affleck was very like I didn't want to see anything with him going out. You know, right, right, yeah. And there was also some other controversy on the set of that movie, which kind of has generally soured me on David Lowry as a person, but as a filmmaker specifically, um, I, I think that he's. Um, definitely a, a major voice especially for someone who's based out of like basically the dallas film scene like he's not an la he's not an la hollywood guy like mm-hmm. he literally his home base is like the texas theater in dallas which is one of the big art houses in the country he's a um, cowboy yeah yeah yes exactly so like people said that like we'll say like oh i saw david lowry like on his day off or whatever and he looks like a cowboy like on his day off or whatever i'm like oh that's interesting i don't know much about david lowry i don't watch any interviews with him like i said i was a little soured about the situation on a ghost story set which anybody can look up it's you know it's information that's not being hidden i mean uh, but yeah i mean i think he's a great filmmaker so we needed to get into it and you you have a fr- you have a fresh perspective because this is your I, I think your first david lowry movie so why don't you start off what did you think of david lowry's the green knight starring dev patel yeah, so uh, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit, um, mm. but as I as I've been ruminating on it, I don't think I loved it, but I did like it a lot. I think mainly what got me were the uh, themes of this movie. Mm. You know, I I liked what it tackled. I thought it was interesting. Um, I, I guess maybe we'll get into that a little bit more later yeah. on. And I think visually, obviously, I mean, how could you not love this movie visually? It's so stinking beautiful. Um, it, and, and I guess I like I, what I kind of like is that it was it was uh, palatable. You know, it is art house, and we see that right now. The critics really like it, but the audiences do not at all. And I think that's uh, that means that it is art house. But I do think it was. I, I, I knew that going in, but I do think it was very digestible. It was it was not that difficult to understand. Um, and I think I like the fact that in the beginning, Dave Patel is like. A, you know, a dude who wakes up drunk and then he goes home to sleep it off. But he's a knight. But you could still kind of see like, oh, this is a pretty standard starting for a movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty much in line with you in terms of this movie has this like really low audience score. And it's like I think it's just 
media literacy is just going down the drain so quickly in this country mm-hmm. because I watched it and um, I, I have I've had a long long week. I'm sitting here recording this podcast and I've been I've been kind of like tired this whole week because I because you know you and I go see movies like old at ten twenty on Monday nights. Like that's just that constantly been. Week. I know, but it's like it, it never stopped for me. It's like it's like yeah. whether I'm either working really really late or or I'm just staying out really late when I'm not working, and I just I need to I need to chill. I'm I'm 30 years old now. I you know I can't I can't do that for three or four weeks on end and expect to feel decent by the by the weekend. But mm-hmm. um, low audience score, and I'm watching it, and I'm like almost falling asleep in the beginning. Not because the movie's boring. It's just literally my body is shutting down. And at a certain point, and we'll talk about this in spoilers, the movie just hooked me so hard mm-hmm. that I just like sat up and was like, damn, this movie, you said you really liked it, maybe not loved it. I think I really liked it. I think I might have loved it. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I favorited it on Letterboxd, if that means anything to you. Um, that's, oh, um, yeah. You don't say. Yeah, um, that's, that's pretty rare. That's pretty rare. Do you, how do you feel about fantasy in general? So that's my thing is I, I, I kind of put off seeing this movie a little bit. I saw it, you know, second week of release or whatever, but um medieval movies not for me other than monty python and the holy grail just not for me at all sword and sandal movies not for me at all okay because i um i love the game of thrones books in fact i'm rereading them right now i'm going through them again and so like i i I love to sink my teeth into like a more realistic sort of knight's tale yeah and that's that's what got me you know when when he's uh doing his knight's quest right when, when he goes out on the road i was like full in it because that's what i want to see i'm that's my, my alley for sure that's what hooked me is what is i loved the setup in the movie it felt very um it felt very based out of the poem this is based off it was very like to that poem i'm assuming and mm-hmm. um uh, i just like how lowry kind of puts in little bits of like modernism in the movie like people are speaking in old speak but also you can completely understand everything they're saying yeah. like it's almost like they're doing half and half um, and then like the, uh, the, the costumes kind of seem like they're based in that medieval time, but not entirely. They're kind of modernized a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we just need to talk about how, uh, we can get into spoilers, more stuff that we really liked in terms of scenes and stuff, but we need to talk about this movie basically being sold on the idea that it's like Dev Patel as like a sexy knight. Right. And um, that works completely. It, it works completely. And that's basically what the movie is. But what they're not telling you is that everyone in this movie is sexy that, oh, that, that yeah. that's what i liked about this movie like the way that lowry makes everyone's eyes look like it, I, mm-hmm. I, we can just say the cast it's not a spoiler you can see the cast i won't say who they play or what they do but you have like alicia vikander's in this movie you have mm-hmm. joel edgerton and they just look incredible oh, on screen dang yeah we got daddy green knight <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely and we have barry keegan our boy from the killing yeah. of the sacred deer so let's talk about that because oh god he was so good in this like yeah. he brought such life into this movie i thought with his scene which was incredible yeah um god why is he not is he not in more movies i don't understand he's a great actor i mean he's in a lot of movies if you look it up you know he, he is in a lot of stuff but uh i just like i want to see him as like a I know this is like the most cliche bullshit, but I want to see him as like a Bond villain or something at this point. Like, like give me like the hammiest. Like I saw Jungle Cruise, uh-huh. um, and that has what? Jesse Plemons in it. Jeez, uh, that was quick. Didn't that just come out? Yeah, I saw it last week. Uh, okay. And <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to go to the movies and you just got to see Jungle Cruise. You know, you're not who, ready for the Green Knight. Who did you see that with? Uh, my my longtime girlfriend Jennifer uh, uh-huh. wanted to go see that. So you liked it. 
Um, I not I won't. We're not here to talk about Jungle Cruise, but I will say <laughs> Jesse Plemons uh-huh. uh, is in that movie playing the villain, uh-huh. and it's about as big as Jesse Plemons probably ever will get. And Jesse Plemons has never been bad in a movie, and he's not bad in this, but he's having a ton of fun. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. He's having a ton of fun in this movie, and it's yeah. really, really nice to see. So I love when Barry Keegan seems like he's having fun in a movie. And uh, yeah. my main takeaway before we kind of like sum this up and we'll get heavy into it in spoilers is that you nailed it. This is like literally, especially on Adam. What do you think the budget of the Green Knight was? Ooh, uh, I'm gonna go with like 35 mil. 35. Yeah, it's about 15. Oh, okay. Uh, so they made this movie real, real cheap with a mm-hmm. great cast. And I, I, we'll talk about Deb Patel, but I think the supporting performances here are, like, incredible. I think yeah. they're so good. I thought Joel Edgerton, who is someone I've slowly come around big time on, he is so good in this movie. Elisa Vikander is always great. Like we mentioned, Barry Keegan is fantastic. So um, my boy, is his name Sean Harris from Mission Impossible, those movies? Uh, he, uh, he's the king. He's the king, king at the beginning. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say the king really stood out to me. I I didn't recognize him, but I really. Oh yeah, that's right. He's the villain. Yeah, he's the he's been the villain of the last two yeah. uh, Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. No, I thought he did an excellent job as the king. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone is is great here. Right. I think Dev Patel is good, but we'll get into it. Um, <laughs> but um, and I think this is literally the best look. This has got to be the best looking movie. ever ever made on this budget i'm not joking like this movie uh shot by andrew draws palermo who shot a ghost story mm-hmm. it looks incredible like it truly does yeah absolutely and i think i mean you have to you have to if you want to satisfy the the sort of audience like me that wants to do these these medieval type of things um it has to look good and you know uh lord of the rings nails it and greet night nails it yeah yeah totally yeah, but the fact that we're even mentioning Lord of the Rings, like I, me- I don't like medieval stuff really, but like I love, I love fantasy stuff sometimes. So you know, when you infuse a little bit of fantasy into the medieval stuff, like this movie did, I'm gonna dig it. Uh, I think Lowey's direction is very, very steady. Like you mm-hmm. mentioned, it wasn't hard to process at all. I don't understand people. Like we're gonna sit here right. and sound very pretentious, but like it wasn't very slow. Like people were like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so slow and it's so dense. I'm like, what? Like it's it's not dense at all. Like literally, characters are like setting up rules. Like, and then he basically goes out on like a side quest, like you would do in like World of Warcraft or something. The movie rocks. It right. it's really really great. But this is a specific genre, right? This is a what do you call it? Where it's like a character going from one thing to another on a hero's journey, right? Yeah, I guess so, right? Even like Forrest Gump has this kind of thing going on. So oh, even boy. that's palatable. Yeah, no, the the whole setup and stuff is palatable. You have to do this thing. Great. Then he yeah. goes out and does it. And then every once in a while, he gets sidetracked on a side quest. It, it, it was, let's, we'll get into it in spoilers. Uh, do you want to sum up anything without spoiling anything? Um. Yeah. Uh. Well, no, I think, I think I recovered it. Like, yeah, I really liked it. And I think if, if, if you are, are hungry for like a, a night's quest type of thing, this is it. This is what it's very like, just well done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will say I have a couple of things that I didn't love about the movie. Right. Um, overall, this is not a spoiler, but the movie like wasn't as sexy as I wanted it to be. Does that make sense to you? Like everyone looked really good, but I was like, yeah. they're really pushing this as like a sexy night's tale. And I'm like, it's not really like that. It's not like that, like sexual in, 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 in a way. And I, that's not a spoiler, but it doesn't really ever go to what where you think it's going to go. Other than like one moment that we'll talk about later. But 
Right. Uh, even that moment's is, not sexy. <laughs> it it is supposed to be um, like a cautionary tale about lust, isn't it? Isn't that yes. like the original thing? Yeah, yes. and I didn't quite get that as much as I would have liked, but but right. it does touch on that at least. Uh, before we move on to uh, Annette, I do want to say, and again, this is in the trailer, so it's not spoilers, but I loved the fox. Oh yeah, yeah, same here. I didn't realize yeah. until I saw the trailer for it that there was going to be a fox in there. So. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm talking. I'm talking about Alicia Vikander. Uh, okay let's move on let's get to annette huh yes uh the newest film from french madman uh leos Carax, starring adam driver marion cotillard and simon helberg let's start here simon yeah. helberg's really great in this movie okay so that was a twist for me because i didn't know he was in this movie and yeah, then he's this really great. big bang theory mother effort pops his head in the opening scene and i was like oh my god i almost walked out right then <laughs> yeah i heard you yell bazinga from the back row <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was really unsettling and i didn't know how to feel about it um but yeah, yeah. you're right it is and if without getting into it i think he has the be- my favorite scene in the movie maybe the best scene in the movie uh, I know exactly what scene you're talking about, and I laughed out loud three times during that scene. It is so, so good. Yeah, it's absolutely good. And, I mean, should we talk about it now? Is this movie uh, a comedy? Um, That's a really good question. I, there's certainly... This movie is a lot of things. Again, yeah. we'll be very trim here, because, and we will get very into it in spoilers, but... This movie is a lot of things. I'd be lying to you if I said I had a full grasp on it. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to walk out of that movie and say to you, boy, I hated that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I, so so we did see this together, right, last night. And right. uh, you and I were in the lobby. And our friend Sammy comes out and says, hey, this is my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, he skip, he's literally skipping around the lobby and right. saying his catchphrase, like, I loved that movie, which he says <laughs> he says a lot, which I, which I I love. So generally on this show, anybody who listens to this show would know that we're fairly positive on a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. when we get into it, I mean, I'm going to focus on the positive stuff because the more I think about the movie, the more I think about as a collection of, se- of scenes, maybe it doesn't work, like my thoughts on like Inherent Vice or whatever, but... If I ever dared to watch this movie again, maybe, maybe I would like it a little bit more. But my main problem with this movie is that it's, yes, it's very weird. It is definitely a weird film. Mm-hmm. But part of me feels like it's very, like, artificially weird. Like, kind of trying a little too hard. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, um, God, do we talk about baby in it no just... no yeah okay. we can't because that's not even that's not even touched on in the uh in the trailer okay but i think i think that kind of touches on your aspect i mean totally you tweeted about it last night and i i think i'm in the similar vein where i know this is kind of a cop-out but i don't know how i feel about it yet yeah well, i don't know we have to kind of talk through it in spoilers right but yeah would you let's start here would you recommend it to somebody who's listening to the show would you recommend they go see a net um, if they liked Holy Motors, I would. That, that'd okay. be the only caveat. And and you know we both really love Holy Motors. Yeah, I, I mean I wouldn't go as strong as that, but I, oh. I do like Holy Motors uh, <laughs> a, a heaping whole more than this film. Yeah, I, I I love Holy Motors, and I think that is similar in the way that it, like you can't really define it into a genre, but that's on purpose, right? 
Right, and I, and I was shown Mave's song uh, as like a like fairly in to me being quote unquote into movies when I was like nineteen or twenty. Someone showed me Mave's song, and I was like, "This is really really good." So I've mm. liked some of the Leo's Crack stuff, but I I I just couldn't get over the boundary of I mean, and the performances are great. Adam Driver is great. Marion Cotillard yeah. doesn't get a lot to do, unfortunately. Like I, I was really getting bummed out by that. Uh, but she's very good, and like we mentioned, Simon Helberg, who would be the third build in this movie, he when he's on screen, he's bringing it, and I and I, yeah. I, enjoy, I enjoyed it a lot. Right, I got to go and rewatch Big Bang Theory now. I'm in the mood. <laughs> but as a, uh, what's the phrase? As a, as a sum of all of its parts, or whatever that is, I I don't know what to make of the movie, but some of the parts are really really good. Um, and I'm right. not going to sit here and be like the story that the Sparks Brothers came up with sucks. You know what I mean? It's like, because it's not, it, there's some really inspired direction uh, yeah. in this movie. And I, I just think the story is what's holding it back. And I think we can broadly speak on this. Uh, what did you think of the music in the movie? Um, I I really liked most of the music. I actually, I don't think I've delved into the Sparks Brothers much. Right. Um, and I think now's the time with their documentary by Edgar Wright out and them doing this movie. Yeah, um, I love that that opening song. I think is my favorite song in the movie. It's, it's great. Just, it's a it's a total banger. Yeah, it's so excellent. And I think throughout the movie, I would say I liked the music. I would say the music, other than that, and then there might be a few standouts. It's a whole soundtrack. I was looking. It's like eighteen songs. Mm-hmm. It's very repetitive. It's it's like a, it's a it's very also kind of like how do I say basic, but it's not trying to be la la land with melodies it's more like characters kind of saying how they feel out loud by singing it so it's like a really interesting take like i'm not gonna sit here and listen to that soundtrack there's no way it really complements the movie okay but there's you couldn't just listen to the like the vinyl is popping off right now people are buying the record and i'm like i mean they haven't probably seen the movie so they just are (laughs) expecting like sparks brothers songs and it's like no it's like characters like just saying back and forth to each other like I love you. you know what I mean? yeah. It's like, what? I yeah, I don't know if I like that song too much. Um, but like, they say it so many damn times that you're like, I guess I like this song. You know what I mean? Like, right. they're like selling me on it. I mean, it was interesting enough. I think it's hard to hard to judge it exactly as music like that, just because it's very like Jacques Demy as a yeah, movie, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. And and so they're saying everything like you said, but but it also is like. I wouldn't really listen to any music from a Jacques Demy movie because it's just part of the movie in that way. Like right. I, I couldn't pick out a song, and I think it's the same way here, although the, the opening song I could kind of differentiate from the rest of the film. But there's usually one song in some of these movies where it's like, oh, that's the song. You know what I mean? Like, that's the mm-hmm. one that's going to get – We can't. We, by the way, we can't stop t- – we have, we have to stop talking about the Golden Globes because we, we forgot. <laughs> the Golden Globes are canceled this year. They're not happening. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, but we're, get, we're giving where... back our Golden Globes, by the way. You're asking where is the let it go of this movie? No, I know where the let it go is. It's it's the first song. It's it's yeah. great. I know where the but like, you know, La La Land, the songs are songs. You can listen to them independent right. of the film and like the songs. Right. But that's because um, they do yeah. that on purpose with that movie, right? For sure. Yeah. They like stop what they're doing and they do an entire set piece that's a song. This movie right. just kind of it moves through the plot and people are singing. Like you said, it, not, not unlike Umbrellas of Shoreborg or something like that, where it's like you I don't I love that movie, but I can't really tell you the songs from it because it's yeah. like going to like an, an, an auto garage and singing like <laughs> I need my car fixed, you know, and it's just like uh, but anyways, um, 
uh, what did you, did you think the movie felt genuinely weird? Um, yeah, hit or miss. Actually, I don't think it got as weird as I would have liked it to. Right, um, right. I think we could talk about uh, the fact that, well, it, it, I'm on the same page as you, where I think the most disappointing part of this movie for me is sort of the plot and the yeah. way it's presented. It's very, very on the nose, which I feel like kind of works for it. But also knowing Holy Motors, I don't feel like Leo was, was really into that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like he, he maybe could have taken it in a bit of a different direction. Um, and then at the same time, it is very uh, just moves from point to point to point. Like I had to you have to get your bearings with what this movie is going to be. And I feel like you don't really know that until an hour in maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't know if I liked that too much either. It was just sort of moments, like you said, from time to time that I really got into. Totally, yeah. With, like, Holy Motors, you're kind of, like, trying to, like, unlock the key to what it is the first time you see it. And then once you get it, you're like, ah, I know what this is. And then, like, the rest of the movie is very satisfying in that regard. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is, like, you're, like, trying to figure out what it is. And then when you figure out what it is, in my opinion, you're like, oh, okay, well... All right. Like, you know, like, like, you're like, is this what the movie's about? Is it about this theme? And then, and then the theme just becomes more prevalent and prevalent, prevalent. And you're like, oh yeah. So like right up top, they basically just like, were very, like you said, on the nose with it. So, um, and it's interesting. I think it's an interesting sort of character arc for Adam Driver, especially. Yeah. But, but I also think that like, I don't know if I could connect with it so much. No, and, and listen, give me a hundred Annettes before you give me another flag day. You know what I mean? Oh, like, my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. No, give me a hundred olds before I have to go watch. Although I am looking forward to the Suicide Squad. I, I, I've heard good things about it, like, right out the yeah, gate. But uh, Same here. You know. And, and we're, both, we're both fans of uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah. Well, so, I, I am. Yeah. Yeah. No, same here. Yeah. I, oh, I did yeah. like Birds of Prey. Yeah. So. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I had that in my top ten of the year. So, right. uh but yeah, no, I, I, you know, cinema felt very alive for like the first 30 minutes of Annette for me. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of went on for like almost two more hours. And I was like, oh, I don't really know what this movie thinks it is or where it's going. And I want to know like what the original concept was from Sparks and what Leos took and did with it. And um, I think it's time we get into spoilers on these movies. Yeah, actually, one last thing. Um, if you're, you're wondering about seeing this film is I brought a friend of mine with me to see it last night. And she's not really a big movie watcher. Uh, and so I was wondering, yeah, I was curious to see like, oh, is this going to fly with her? And I was a little nervous during the film, especially like during uh, some of the, this is not a spoiler, right? This some of the stand-up bits. Yes. Um, and because they went on for a long time. They very extended, yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of where it's going to divert audiences. Um, but she actually, she liked the film. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, that, that that's good. That's good. Media, yeah. it's but it's a situation where maybe she, you should have taken her to the Green Knight. I would have, I would have been more interested because, right, the media literacy problems are with that movie. People who who saw the Green Knight and didn't like them are not even going to see Annette. So like, right. I don't, I, I don't get to hear that crowd score. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, um, but yeah, let's yeah. do spoilers. Let's do spoilers. Yeah. So uh, go ahead and sound the alarm. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, so obviously Adam is going to replace that sound with uh, an actual spoiler alarm. So at this point, we are now going to be talking openly 
spoiling the Green Knight yeah. and Annette. And, I, and I'm sorry for continuing to say the word spoil or spoilers. I know people hate that shit. So um, <laughs> we went really no, long on old spoilers, Adam. So let's keep these ones as succinct as we can. Let's yeah. try to keep this uh, episode around an hour. We want people to listen to this stuff. Let's keep it tight for these two sexy daddies that were leading this movie. And let's talk about the cum scene. <laughs> yeah, okay. I guess we're starting with Annette. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! No, no. Uh, yeah, the, the the scene in the Green Knight, mm-hmm. um, where Alicia Vikander in a in a, in a double role, in a double role, in a double role. That 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 was awesome to see. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Academy Award winner Alicia Vikander. Of course, she's um, playing um, that mistress and the old blind lady. What's that? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, the the come scene was like not what i thought it was going to be it just was kind of like it was like a it was like a it was kind of a throwaway like reaction shot to be like what was happening in that scene i couldn't quite figure out what was happening no 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 i'm saying i'm thinking what's 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 happening in that scene and then he shows like the cum on the rag you go oh okay i guess i know what was happening in that scene trevor Um, as you could you explain it for my uh pure mind what happened in that scene so Lowry keeps the camera up by Dev Patel's face and Lisa Vikander's face. Yes. Um, and are you asking what the character motivations are or what she's doing to him? Yeah, what she's physically doing to him. I think she's just using her hand. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and But we don't know. I mean, it does not look like uh, the, the young lady is mounting the gentleman in that scene. I think she's just using her hand. It's hard to um, tell. I mean, it is cool though. Like to be right. like yeah, the the Green Knight has like I, I like Elisa Vikander giving an off screen hand job to Dev Patel is like, you know, a twenty four wanted to roll it out like that so badly. Right, they wanted <laughs> like, to put that in the trailer. They literally, yeah, they wanted that to just be the trailer, like unbroken trailer <laughs> for the film. But um, so the so so you kind of said it in our, our in our in our previous conversation, but I was into like that first like it was a long scene. It was like it felt like it was like fifteen twenty minutes. Of the night of the actual Green Knight coming in and and saying the rules and that that all felt very like I haven't read the poem but that felt like it was like strictly to how the poem is like everyone's right. sitting you know and which was very cool I love that atmosphere it was great and I was like oh is this movie gonna be like four scenes that are this long and then just be yeah. over <laughs> um, which I would have been fine with like just four huge set pieces but right because I knew they were on a small budget so. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the second he leaves on his quest, I'm like, I like literally sat up in my chair and was like, all right, cool. And then you get to the Barry Keegan stuff, which is like that one long, untaken, unbroken take of him just talking right. the whole time. Excellent. Such good energy there. So great. Like the movie needed that so badly. Yeah. yeah. And it needed that bait and switch badly too, to be right. like, oh, the second he gets out onto the moors, out, out of out of his little mini kingdom or whatever, mm-hmm. he immediately gets fucked. Like it's, it, <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean in, in the good way. I mean like right. he gets his like horse taken and shit. And you're like, oh, this is good. We needed this. <laughs> um, and then from there he gets free. Uh, he sees the fox for the first time, and then he goes into this, this sort of weird side quest to get his. Yes. Uh, he gets his axe back. Yep. Yeah. Um, by seeing this ghost of a woman whose Love head it. falls off. So what's that, the deal with there? That is, I think her name is like Gwendolyn or Guinevere or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite side quest in the movie. I thought that that stuff was shot differently and kind of felt weird, almost like an add-on or something. But 
Right. Um, I didn't understand what that was at all. It just felt kind of creepy to me. And it was like, can you get my head from the bottom of this like lake or whatever? And I was like, I love this. I love right. that I don't know what it means. I love that it looks great, you know? And it, it was like kind of, like I said, scary. Yeah, I think there's a window into what this means uh, with two lines that she says. Right. One of them being, um, he's like, he wonders if she's a ghost, right? So he's about to put his hand through her. Mm-hmm. And she says, like, why would you try to touch me or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And there then, was some modern comedy there. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the second one, which is also modern comedy, is he's like, uh, what will you give, give me in return? And she says, like, why would you ask me that? Why would you ask me that? I loved it. I loved yeah. it. It's kind of like this showing that, like, the dev patel is kind of like this fuck up kind of like fuck boy right like you said like he wakes up <laughs> he like is he's like drunk he has this beautiful like woman in elisa vikander who he like mm-hmm. it refuses to commit to right the king calls him to the table simply through nepotism purely through nepotism right um and he just like goes out on this quest immediately fucks up goes meets this ghost girl and is like what will you give me and she's like why would you ask I, I i loved that shit i thought it was right. so great and so i think um, that's got to be part of it right i think that's got to right. be sort of the theme of him like trying to figure it out and maybe still lusting after stuff but he's yeah. not always gonna get it totally and and um not to skip ahead too far but my main problem when this is <laughs> skipping ahead to the end of the film uh my main problem with um the movie is the sequence where we we don't know we're flashing forward, but we're flashing forward. You know, he he right. he he cowers away from the Green Knight. He doesn't want to get his head cut off, and then we kind of get this like how things would work out situation where you don't know that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But I was really into that. I was really into yeah. this thing where he cowers away. His 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 arc doesn't change really. Um, he goes home. Um, there's like you know, all this bad stuff happening. And then there's that beautiful, beautiful sequence towards the end where like the world is literally caving in around him. Uh, well, there, okay. There's the incredible sequence where he has the child with Alicia Vikander who gets taken away. Then he gets a new queen. Yeah. And then which, he immediately, yeah, go ahead. Which fits into that theme, right? I mean, that's, right. that's what we wanted more of is that sexy bad boy. Yep. Yeah. It, it's like he takes the kid and then they, uh, he, he like, he like holds the kid's hand and then we immediately cut to the battlefield. It's like with the coolest shot of the movie from behind oh, his head. Yeah. It's so good. And then, um, he goes to the, to his child who's di- his kid who is dying on the battlefield. Right. So his kid is dead, comes back. He's sitting on like his throne and that little thing. And you can just kind of, the camera's just kind of revolving around him and like the world is kind of caving in around him. And mm-hmm. then he gives this great look to the camera and then we cut back to him with the green knight. And I'm like, damn, end the movie. Right. You know what I mean? There's like, like, give me, like, show me. But then, you know, I don't, ha- I do not hate the ending of the movie where he comes back and he says, like, all right, I'm ready. And then, right. like, the, the the knight says, okay, you've you've learned now. You know what I mean? Right. And then there's and then, the the killer last line. Yeah. Now off with your head. I love it. I love the last line. Uh, what? How did you take that line? Did you take it ambiguously? Did you take it as? he's going to cut his head off or do you think he was just it sounded like he was kind of playing around yeah i think because before that he says like uh, you've done well right right he's right. like very uh praising his his the kid here i think it's i think it's like um i think he says it pridefully i think he's proud of him but i did take it to mean that he was gonna do it right well okay so you're saying that he literally was like i'm proud of you you you've completed your arc or whatever and then but you're yeah. saying that he seriously is like now i'm gonna cut your head off yeah Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it can be taken either way, but um, right. 
I hated the uh, – so people were complaining about the fonts throughout the movie. I loved the fonts. Yeah. I thought they were great. That was cool. Um, I loved the chapter title, uh, The Beheading at the Green yeah. Chapel. Yeah. So great. Um, but um, uh, I hated the Green Knight title drop at the end. I thought it looked terrible. <laughs> oh, in the tree as it fades away? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then it, and then it just cuts to this beautiful font, like written, in, written for the screen and directed by David Lowry. And I was like, <laughs> just use that font. Like that font is so I, great. Uh, yeah, but at least it has a purpose, right? I mean, there's a reason that, we ha- we, that it's in the tree there. Sure, and there's like a you know there's a, a choice that's made and stuff like that. Wait, right. all I like is movies with choices, <laughs> and this movie makes a lot of choices, and they just so happen to strike the right chord with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved it. Uh, what, what did you think of Joel Edgerton? Yeah, I really liked that too, and I liked that kiss between them. I thought fantastic because I thought I feel like as what we were expected is he's going to get upset, right? That he he let his wife give him a hand job or whatever, right? But it's actually that maybe they they got a thing going on because even after the kiss, there's like that energy there. Like maybe Dev doesn't want to run away right away. Yeah. But then he says like unhand me. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> that was so really good. good. <laughs> yeah. um, and then um, I, I I forgot what what Joel Edgerton kept saying to Dev Bateau, but he kind of kept hinting at it. He kept being like, "I'm gonna go out and get like food or whatever. You." bring to me what you learn here or something like that or whatever. Yeah. And I was just like, what does that mean? And then he says it again in the forest and he kisses them and it's like, Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, I did yeah. love a- after the completion of the Alicia Vikander scene, uh, how she just says like, you are no knight. And she just walks away and I'm like, <laughs> fuck, that's so, that's so rad. That's <laughs> it's good. So good. Yeah, Anyways. Then- I, I mean, I, I can't, I cannot sing the praises of this movie enough. Yeah. I have a group chat with, uh, uh, three former guests of the show Ian Z Sean and Justin and uh, it's yeah you'll, you'll never get that invite <laughs> over my over my cut off head you'll get that invite <laughs> um I we have very rare groups group chat consensus films mm-hmm. like even a movie that like w- three of us vibe with super hard like Annihilation like Justin is like yeah Annihilation's fine or whatever like you know mm-hmm. what I mean like that's not a consensus you have to have like I think uh, Ad Astra was the last one that I think all four of us thought was like really good. We were like, that nice. movie was really good. Yeah, yeah. we really liked it. Same and right. I probably was the lowest one on that totem pole. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, I liked it. It's a good movie. But I, I, you know, uh, but this one was like hardcore consensus. We were all like, this movie rocks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we got to, before we move on, we got to talk about the giant scene, right? Yeah, yeah. What was the deal with that? I mean, I could not have predicted that was going to be in there in a thousand years. Yeah, so um, I believe the scene previous, he eats the mushrooms, right? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, and then he, uh, but but then he throws it up. So you're like, oh, maybe yeah. he won't trip. But when he's eating the mushrooms, I go, here we go. Here's our drug trip sequence in this sexy night movie. Right. Uh, and then uh, I think I think that's what it was. It right, was because the camera up. right before it does turn upside down. Oh, see now that's something that my group chat will make fun of is when Ari Aster turns the camera upside down in Midsommar or whatever like that, and we were just like, "Man, what a hack move!" I swear to God, it worked here. Yeah, because I, I feel like now, I mean, I didn't, I don't know if it, I was thinking about it before, but I feel like now that's definitely setting it up for yeah. this is the drug trip, and the, the locations, my God, yeah. they were so beautiful, and a lot of it, it was CGI, and just the use of CGI. And practical to make a movie like that for fifteen million bucks, I dude, I gotta watch it again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call Ian up uh, after this episode and be like, we gotta go watch the Green Knight again. Yeah, I it'll be can. his third time, and I guarantee he'll do it. You think this movie's gonna end up like released on Criterion when it comes out? Uh oh, that's a great question. 
Oh, that's a great question. Because I'll probably see it again when it comes out and buy the Blu-ray, because it's going to have a cool co- cover either way. Uh, no, this movie was enough of a, of a hit financially for A24. It's not going to make them any money, but it's almost going to not lose them money to oh. where they're going to put out a, a proper Blu-ray release of it and, so that they can net positive on it. But Uncut Gems. Yeah, but Uncut Gems made a bunch of money. <laughs> so so they they probably could and Uncut Gems also had a a Netflix deal uh, right and yeah. like so so it went, it went from theaters making money to Netflix immediately to Criterion right um, I can imagine have you seen the, the the bright red poster with this one the Green Knight poster yeah I mean uh, I can imagine that being the front of the Blu-ray God it's so cool I mean yeah so so we're, we're gonna be spoiled either way yeah it's uh, star- yeah yeah we're blessed with this one right I'm glad uh, you liked it I I mean I mean I had a feeling. I, Again, you brought you bring up how it's not that hard to decipher this movie. It's kind of like the themes are just right there, you know. Yeah, and so you get why I, I said that Olivia Rodrigo is going to be our modern Green Knight. <laughs> I, st- I still don't understand. Are her are her songs like not subtle at all? No, but because um, she got, she got fame right away, like the day that that she had dropped her album. You know, she that was her first album, and everyone was listening to it. So she cut off the Green Knight's head, boom, right away. And right, right now she's on her quest, and let's see how it ends. Well, one of her side quests was stopping by the White House, so that's kind of cool. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, highly recommend, y'all. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably have seen the movie, so I hope you liked it like mm-hmm. we did. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's talk about Annette. Let's let's give Annette like 10 minutes here because I could really go crazy on this movie. Yes. Yeah, um. So we hinted at it, right? So Baby Annette is the child of Adam Driver's uh, – uh, so did you think Adam Driver was playing – like, did, did he remind you of any specific comedians? Um, not not entirely, but I think it worked. I think I, he definitely captured that vibe. So he seemed like a darker Bo Burnham. I'm not, I'm not right. sure if, you're, if, you're, have, if you've seen any of Bo Burnham's – Stuff prior to Inside, which I, I think Inside is great. I don't care how corny you think I am. I love. I think that Inside is great. Of course, um, this was made before. Right, right. But this was, I think, riffing on his... He has a lot of pre-taped bits with a lot of voiceover and like stuff like that. So there was a part that was really, really attacking Bo Burnham directly that I could feel. <laughs> um, but he's a lot more self-loathing than uh, Bo Burnham. So anyways... right. Um, but that's some of those like a extended, common yeah. comedy thing, right? I mean, sure, yeah. And, and he, but but he's 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 real, real, real dark. Like the scene in Las Vegas where he's just dark the whole time. Right. Uh, so here's the thing with those long, and, and I'm getting on a tangent, but so Baby Annette is is the is the love child of uh, Adam Driver's stand up character and Marion Cotillard's uh, opera operess, I, I believe you would call that uh, mm-hmm. character, and um, it's like a fake doll basically yeah it's a puppet it's a puppet right duh yeah and it <laughs> clearly there was a lot of actual puppetry being done right with that character um and yeah. just that just that subtle just that i'm joking it's not subtle at all but uh just that decision threw me off enough to where it's just like and and, and it's not a good thing <laughs> it's not right. a good thing for the rest of the movie for me to be that thrown off well, I think um, it's yeah. funny because, too, the reveal of the baby um, as a puppet, I feel like no one's going to catch on to that right away. Right. right. Everybody's going to be like, whoa, that baby looks bad. 
Exactly. We see it and we see it in the operation room and we can actually see the things on its knees. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the big giveaway. But the lighting was such that it was like, oh, dude, is this just like the movie having a bad doll? You know right. what I mean? Exactly. Because there's a history of that, right? With American Sniper, with Twilight <laughs> yeah. recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so we are questioning it. Um. Yeah, so uh, so I guess we'll just start here. Like, what did you think of the extended stand-up sequences? Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like with the first one, we're getting our bearings right of right. who he is, and that that's yeah. that's the closest I could I could connect with the character Adam Driver's character is in those mm -hmm. moments. Right. And I do feel like it did go on a little bit too long. Yeah, so I think they're kind of a microcosm for the film. Uh, I think that there's flashes of really good stuff in them that you're like, mm -hmm. oh, I like this, I like this. Right. And then it just goes on for way too long and it gets mm -hmm. kind of boring and not actually that funny or weird. But uh, my favorite part of just physicality, I thought he's so, he's so incredible in this moment, is when he's talking about how he killed his wife with the tickling fight. Yeah. And he's acting it all out and he puts the microphone down and he's screaming into the microphone and he's acting it all out. Yeah. And the Las Vegas crowd is like, Stop it! I think his name is like Hunter McHunter or Hen oh Henry, Henry McHenry. McHenry yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hunter McHunter is not too far. Um, but um, yeah, I, I loved some of that stuff. But I thought that, that yeah, it just felt like a microcosm for the movie. But I, I gotta say that opening sequence was really great. And then him taking off on his bike to his comedy show and mm -hmm. her getting chauffeured to her um, show at the, the the Walt Disney Center. I mean, he goes up to Pasadena by where the Rialto Theater. I just thought that. I loved that. And then yeah. them coming together after the show and being like, how did you do? And he's like, I killed them. They're dead now. And she's like, I saved them. I'm like, I love this movie. I think yeah. this is great. Absolutely. I was I was right there with you. I was super into it at those points. Um, and I like the fact that uh, they were really hyping up the eating out scene. Yeah. Can. And I was looking forward to Adam Driver singing, eating her out. And yeah. it was good. It was good. But maybe it was, it was a good. little too hyped up, and I think that's probably how I felt about the entire film. Well, to be fair, Marion Cotillard was the one hyping it up, saying, like, Adam Driver performs cunnilingus while singing. It's like, and it, he does. I mean, that right. that is true. But uh, I thought that scene was great, though. I actually – I thought that sex scene was really, really good. It's pretty um, uh, pretty graphic. It is it is it is very gra it's it's not that graphic but it is it's more, more graphic than anything in the Green Knight right right um, and definitely sexier but I mean it's Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard so what do you want Ooh, yeah they're um, looking good and we see Adam uh, Driver's butt on stage yeah I loved that shit like those little yeah. little like idiosyncrasic I'm not gonna even try to say that word again <laughs> I love the little moments of just like offness that felt genuinely weird that felt like i feel like adam driver just did that i feel like he was just walking off in the mm -hmm. middle of like a fire take and he's like well they could just cut away from here but i'm just gonna show my ass and they'll just put it in the movie and it'll be fun <laughs> or whatever um i right. I, I, I like to stuff like that you know but yeah. um and also just a testament you know going back to what you said of adam driver's acting when he's acting out the tickle fight yeah i mean holy moly that felt real Yes, that's what I'm saying. Is that it was like really, really good, uh, completely unbroken. Well, not yeah. unbroken. I think they actually do cut into him a couple times in that. But yeah. who cares? I mean, who cares? Right. Uh, <laughs> it's film. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, uh, this movie has uh, Adam Driver uh, licking feet, mm -hmm. uh, which I immediately heard Sammy behind me yell like, "Oh, Tarantino will love this." I'm just uh -huh. like, "I admit." <laughs> I was actually surprised that people were not speaking. There was maybe what seven or eight of us in that theater last night we kind of right. watched it after hours and um i want to do that more often by the way 
yeah. but it was like a, I, I thought there was people yelling more stuff at the screen. <laughs> By the way, if we do that more often, we got to come up with a name for it, like the Sons of Lee Marvin kind of thing. Well, I was calling it Frida After Hours, but yeah, yeah, we can uh, we can but call a it a. Uh, we have to have like a you know a secret club. Th- no, the real thing is called Frida After Dark. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, we can call it a. Uh, we used to call it Frida Underground too. But yeah, yeah, we can we can uh, we can call it something like the Sons of Lee Marvin. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good stuff. <laughs> uh, which uh, uh, Justin Moore taught us about on his right. on his uh, right. show. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, actually, no, the anyways. only gasp the only gasp that I heard was uh, like a laugh about the puppet. At one point early on. <laughs> no, the movie made me laugh. Oh, oh, well, we have to talk about it. We have to talk about the Simon Helberg scene. Yeah. So I think I think that was my favorite. It seemed like Sammy's, that was also Sammy's favorite scene in the movie, too. Yes. Um, where he's conducting Our, and he's speaking yes. to the camera and he says, excuse me, as he yes. gets into it. So good. He does it th- and he does it three times, which I love. Really uh, good. He, I love how he does it the second time. You're like, ha ha, that's funny. And then the camera is slowly revolving and you think he's just going to finish up what he's saying. You're like, well, we're not going to do it a third time because he only has a few more words to say. And right before he says the last few viewers, he goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. One more time. And and it like spins around him. It's so good. (laughs) Really good. I I really wish the rest of the movie had that energy. That's what I'm saying is that there's moments of very inspired stuff. That's like that's like probably not in the script, right? Like that part's not in the script, but like I think Leo's maybe it is, but Leo's is like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this really interesting thing with the camera. Uh, Simon Helberg is just like crushing it. Um, he just like seems um, he just like seems like all coked up as a conductor, and <laughs> right. he's no mint guy. And right. uh, she uh, Annette has tragically passed away. Oh, what did you did you like the boat scene? I, I went again like the movie. I went in and out on it. I was like. This looks good, then this doesn't look good. This looks good, this doesn't look good. Absolutely. I was, I was right there with you. I was like, <clears throat> because the, the poster is that scene. Yeah. And the poster looks fantastic, I think. And I, right. it, I, I guess I, maybe that spoiled me a little bit because it didn't quite look as good as the poster. Yeah, it was like right when they came out on the deck, there was that rear projection stuff going on mm-hmm. where it was like you could see. And I thought that all looked great, but the second we pulled out to a wide and the camera was kind of clearly off to like a fake boat on a yeah, anyways like so obviously a stage the whole time yeah i can't re- i can't remember if this movie was acquired by amazon or it was funded by amazon but if it's the latter you really could feel the amazon money mm-hmm. um and the way he was directing it where it would be like uh, just a simple scene of like marion Cotillard in the pool doing a backstroke and the camera is like above her following her the whole time on a crane mm-hmm. where you're just like this is like really interesting stuff he's doing um, and then the other, other time it would just be like set a camera down and we're just going to watch Adam Driver do stand-up comedy, which is like uh, I'm, that that sounds like a great movie. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I just it didn't gel together for me in the end. And I'm talking passionately about stuff I liked. Um, but um, I thought that the line uh, when, when – <laughs> so like I'm laughing about it now, but I hated it when it happened. But – uh, when uh, Baby Annette plays whatever the hell they thought that Super Time half the, the Super Bowl halftime show was. Oh yeah, it was like clearly some European stadium, but they were like American football players, right? And she's playing, and we're cutting to Adam Driver like freaking out up in the box, which I think was <laughs> funny. And then she just says like, "Daddy kills people." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, so like that I, I, I scene, that. I hated, but that line was so funny. I liked both of those things actually. I like, I mean, I like sort of the the mood of that halftime bowl. I felt it was very grandiose, and I thought it paid off. And then we get yeah. Baby Annette flying in on some drones, which is nuts. <laughs> There's something so 
the movie built so much to that absurdity that there was something about it that really turned me off of being like, boy, they put a lot of money into this dumb movie. (laughs) I don't know. It worked for me. I mean, I agree with you that it was like a sort of a dumb climax moment, but uh, I I liked it. I thought it was ridiculous. Um, But let's talk about sort of the on the nose aspect of all this. I mean, even with that great scene of uh, what's his name conducting, um, yeah. It was still very on the nose. He's still just telling us how he's feeling about it. And a lot right. of the music is very on the nose, all the, the lyrics that they're singing and whatnot. Uh, right, but isn't that what a musical is? Is just the characters singing their feelings out loud? I guess so, yeah. And so I guess that works, right? I just mean the thematics of like this like this male. The movie is very much about Adam Driver, right. which was what was kind of bumming me out. <laughs> I was like, Marion Cotillard seems interesting. Why are we not with her? You know, like more often or whatever. And then she dies like right. halfway through the movie, and I'm like, oh, now I'm stuck with Baby Annette and Adam Driver. But right, which um, is also, and then it touches on the Me Too thing. There's like a panel yes, of women that yes. I thought was a great scene. Great, but I don't even know if it was real. It was not real. But she had I'm, – I'm, I'm going to guess in the movie it wasn't real because she was sleeping. She woke up from that nightmare. Right. Um, but I, I think that she had had feelings about it. You know what I mean? Right. She – because he plays like this kind of – we never really see the explosive, explosive violence uh, from him. He mostly just kind of pushes her off a boat and then – but we get a little hint of it when he drowns Simon Helberg, which, by the way – that scene is crazy because yeah. again it's unbroken and he's just picking up Simon like Adam Driver's a big man and Simon Helberg is not. Yeah. And he like just like they must have like gone over that beforehand where he was just like, yo, go ahead and just pick me up and like throw me in the pool. Like but he yo, like Yo, dude, man- I was on Big Bang Theory, man. I'm so grateful. <laughs> he manhandles him in that scene. It's like holy yeah. shit. Like even the way he like picks up his dead body and moves it around, and I I'm sure that wasn't Simon Helberg at that right. point, but it was like, whoa, like this is definitely like a decision to have him like just – I mean right, I, but... I buy Driver is like uh, – Driver's got to play that character somewhere outside of Annette where like – because he, he – there's a moment in one of the stand-up scenes where he like stops everything cold – like and we cut to a close-up of him and he says some like really intense shit into the microphone right. and it just silences the room and you're like – Man, imagine this guy if he played like a – I'm not talking about – again, I'm not going to talk about like a Bond villain, but like someone who like is like – like he never plays that like um, loose cannon character, I feel no, like. No, but he right? does. He plays a toxic character in Girls where he got his start. Yeah, but where he like is yelling at Lena Dunham a lot and like – but like like and like Kylo Ren's a little bit of a loose cannon, but I mean in like a – I guess domestic abuse is like the most horrifying thing of all, right? So I guess right. that's why in, in this in this regard it worked really well where he would come home and like smash a picture. Yeah, no, and, but I uh, feel like he touches on it because even – I remember a scene in Girls that really stuck with me is like they're in the car, two, two of the girls and yeah. him, and he's driving and they're listening to a song that he doesn't like. And yeah. instead of turning it off, he bashes the radio until it breaks. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's um. He's it's he's he's very believable as that. Right. Because uh, I think he's just such a big presence. But uh. Yeah. The movie is about like it just seems like it's about like male privilege and just like yeah, um. Absolutely. Kind of getting him all the way to where he got to in jail, and then right. I was thinking the whole time, man, like, man, why am I not feeling anything watching this yeah. movie? Like, I'm not feeling. And then they bring in like the real girl at the end, and there's like a little bit too late where I'm just like, eh, I'm feeling a little bit here. But right. I found his character to be 
off-putting completely i didn't feel bad for him at all <laughs> right exactly and i think uh i think it's, it makes for an interesting story but even so it was really hard to connect to that character at all i did kind of connect to the, the hellberg character oh yeah yeah he, he yes that's what i'm saying is like he was <laughs> that's why he was the best character in the damn movie he had <laughs> I didn't he want had, to um, mind you because of the big bang yeah. theory thing <laughs> he he stuck out like a sore thumb in the trailer right academy award nominee adam I didn't driver see the trailer that's why uh academy award so was, winner marion cotillard that's the thing it was a twist for me he popped in the screen during the opening yep. thing and that's what got me that rules <laughs> And the Spark Brothers cannot stay out of this movie. <laughs> right, exactly. Which I kind of liked. And even Leo yeah. was at the beginning just like Holy yep. Motors. He puts himself That's cool. In. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that, it, that stuff in, in like the LA stuff. All that stuff like was shot kind of interestingly because it all, I was like, is the projector out of focus? Why is everything like so fuzzy? Right. But I think they just had to shoot with certain cameras like on the streets of LA. So Yeah, and God, and, um, and I love the way that, that Adam and Marion enter the movie. They just walk down the stairs. Yeah. Mar- Doesn't Marion Cotillard look just like such a normal lady in that scene? Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then we cut to her being like just this uh, you know, opera star. And Anyways, I don't have much else to say about the movie. Wait, wait. Uh, yeah, one more thing. is is back to the on the nose thing. I mean, yeah. uh, a, a baby and Ned's being a puppet the whole time. How yes. do we feel about that? <sighs> How do I feel about the... The, the the child of two rich and famous people being a literal puppet. Yeah. And I mean, obviously yeah. she's not, right, to them. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we have a lamb situation going on here. But uh, <laughs> no, she must be real to them. But, like, just the idea of, like, the movie doesn't do – it doesn't do anything really with, like, the child of two famous people – like that, like the pressure that must put on you. It doesn't really right. do much with that concept, right? Because we never get her as a character at all because she's a puppet right. the whole time. Exactly, and I, and and I, I, the, the metaphor being like, yeah, the child of these two famous people is a puppet. It's like, okay, cool. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, okay, you get awesome. it right away. <laughs> Anyways, it, it, it's um. I, I don't know what it the movie doesn't have that much to say it, it just doesn't that's the thing. and yeah absolutely and that's the that's the down part is like it's so on the nose but it still doesn't have much to say yeah so it. so to me it's just not it's not a great film but it is definitely i'm looking forward to the discourse for the next two weeks because this is the first movie i've ever booked for two unbroken weeks in the theater mm-hmm um, yeah, and it, it's gonna pay off. <laughs> Absolutely, but, uh, everyone's gonna see this. But I, I think yeah. I might see it again. I don't know. I know you're probably not in that camp. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna go see the Green Knight again. I, I'm not gonna waste my time with Annette. <laughs> okay, and I know the friend of mine who brought it. She said she would not see it again. Um, <laughs> but even though she liked it, but I think I would. Yeah. I think I would like a year or two from now and, and try to reflect on it. Yeah, I mean, this was the best review, and we and I, I have been foreshadowing this for months, mm-hmm. but. We've been talking about how fickle and off sometimes the Cannes critics can be. This was the best-reviewed movie that came out of Cannes. <laughs> yeah, and I'm still <laughs> curious as to why. Exactly. And, and, and Leo's Cracks won Best Director. This mm. was the best-directed movie at Cannes this year. There's not a chance. Right. Uh, but it was well done. It was still well done. Yeah. There was some really good flashy stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leo's is not the problem here, I don't think. I don't, I don't think he's the problem. And the, the right. actors are not the problem. I would say Leos is probably more of the problem than the actors, but right. something got lost in translation here, and I just uh, – it's definitely cinema, and it's like a lot of times you'll find that my final thoughts on movies like this is like, God, I'm glad this movie got made. A movie this weird got made, but this time I'm like, no, 
<laughs> you know, like I wish he because this is like his first movie in like nine years. It's yeah, like this that, is the movie. That's the problem. Is like, I mean, I I would be more forgiving if if he does come out with a movie that he wrote and directed in like a year or two. Right. But, yeah, me uh, too. Yeah. Yeah, that is part of the thing. I think I think we feel pretty similarly. I'm just a, I just it worked a little bit more for me. Totally, and I and I yeah. keep thinking about the movie. So for yeah. better or worse, I'm gonna be grab. I'm gonna have my cell phone out. Uh, this opens at the theater tonight. And it's we have two packed screenings at four thirty and seven thirty already. I'm gonna grab my cell phone and I'm gonna let the audience know in the introduction beforehand because um, I run a theater that's so every so often I'll go out and say hi to everybody before the screening. It's one of those annoying theaters, and I even say that when I go out, like yes, yes, I know this is awkward for everybody that I'm up here talking right now, but um, I'll say anybody who wants to come out of the movie and kind of I'm just gonna kind of have my camera rolling and just kind of give me your first thoughts right when you walk out. You ever seen advertisements? like that yeah oh yeah they i used to do that to do for that get out actually oh really okay yeah. cool cool they, they used to do that back in the day a lot where people would be like it's crazy i'm trying to get all different i want i want to advertise it as all different things i want someone to walk out and be like that was terrible oh and then i want someone to be like that was insane what was that you know what i mean because like right. that's like that gets me to the theater that's what got me i was you got that with old. sammy yesterday right Yes, so we, we, we swung the pendulum of, like, he's going to come tonight probably and see it again. <laughs> I'm just like, he's going to come back. And I don't blame him coming back to see it with a crowd, to see how the crowd is reacting to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, Annette, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I already asked you this question, but would you recommend it to someone? I think I, think I still stick with the, the caveat of if they've seen Holy Motors, I will. Okay, so a pretty small group of people then. Yeah, otherwise, I don't think I would, actually. I don't think it'll work for a lot of people. I, I could not recommend it to a single soul. Unless you, I mean, there's like obviously the huge Adam Driver fans online and all that. Right, but, and they're going to um, like this one, that's for sure. Yes, there's a lot going on here. There's like the scene, there's like three, remember that like montage where he takes his shirt off like three times before he goes to bed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so the Adam Driver stands are going to eat... But other, uh, the rest of us are, are, are left out in the cold. But yeah, if you hungry. love Annette, that's awesome. I, I, that's super cool, and I would love to hear why you loved it. And I, I might mm-hmm. even – anytime I have a conversation with someone who loved a movie that I didn't really quite get or, or like, um, my, one of my favorite things is going along with them being like, yes, that Simon Helberg scene was awesome. I loved right. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just not really showing my hand of being like, I didn't like the rest of it. Right. Um, I think – I think that's the thing is like I'll understand if someone does say they love it, I understand. And if someone says they hate it, I also will understand that. <laughs> right. Okay, Adam, uh, that'll do it for uh, a two weeks in a row of genre catch-up. We'll be back to our regular main feed series next week with the intro to heist movies. Can you believe it? I can't. I'm very excited to get into it. I have uh, some guests lined up already. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what we're going to see. Awesome. And uh, do you have any plugs you want to give us before you get out of here? Just check out my website, Adam J.C. Wagner, where I post the stuff I make. Awesome. Also, uh, I was hosting box. this episode. Thank you very much. What's that? I was hosting this episode. Trevor, do you have any plugs you want to make? I'm on Letterboxd at Captain Dills, personal at Trevor Dills on Instagram and Twitter. And as always, follow us at Ghost Party Picks on all of their socials. Sorry this episode dropped a day late, but we had to talk. We need to talk about Annette. Right. And thank you for sticking with us. Um, and, you know, Trevor, we have officially dumped the garbage truck. Okay. Uh, bye. <laughs> bye. You got a new bottle of ketchup? Sure. It's on!